Welcome into the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. These emergency podcasts are becoming incredibly frequent now here during the spring recruiting cycle. More Iowa State men's basketball recruiting news on Monday. The Cyclones land a commitment from former four-star recruit, former Kansas Jayhawk, Tristan Anaruna. Uh, bring in Chris Williams now. Chris, a, another big addition for, for TJ in the staff, a kid who was a very highly touted recruit coming out of high school uh, and a guy who can, I think, give the Cyclones some immediate help on the wing uh, moving into TJ's first year. Yeah, I mean, it, kind of just what this roster needs. Uh, I'm, I'd be a liar if I told you I knew a ton about his game at this point. You've probably looked into that more. I'm looking more, Jared, just at roster shape in general and um, managing this roster and you know, um, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but man, this is, I mean, compared to three weeks ago, this is really encouraging stuff. This was kind of the, uh, cherry on top. And then you, you, you look at the, um, what, you know, what you're going to swing for now. I, th I think that getting in Aruna really gives you some flexibility with that 13th scholarship. Cameron Fletcher from Kentucky has been uh, an elite talent type of guy that has been in the mix here. But now, you know, I, I think you can be even um, more choosy with it if you want uh, because they kind of play the same position and whatnot. So, yeah, this is this is really good stuff, man. Uh, a big recruiting win. Uh, Inaruna was down to Iowa State and Creighton. He had a great relationship with Greg McDermott. Uh, ironically, um, it was TJ who introduced Inaruna and McDermott out of high school where Greg offered him. And then, of course, Bill Self came in and won that recruiting battle. Uh, so it was um, mentor versus mentee in this one. And uh, the mentee and TJ won out for the services of Tristan Inaruna. But, he, you know, this is a guy who could have gone a lot of other places, but he was really looking for fit. As you see, generally with most transfers, most transfers, ones who hadn't gotten into trouble or anything like that, you kind of are looking for fit. And I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about the basketball side of this, but I mean, kind of brings a little bit of a player that Iowa State doesn't really have. Uh, the closest maybe I would compare him to is Javon Johnson there, uh, kind of on the wing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of a perfect fit for what they need and Henson too. We just haven't seen Henson. So it's kind of hard to uh, piece him in right now, but I mean, this is a really nice basketball fit, right? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think the good thing is that he doesn't really have anybody that he like overlaps with on the roster. You know, I mean, they don't have anybody who comes in that six foot nine uh, showed an ability and at the high school level, especially to, to be able to, to shoot the ball at a pretty good clip. And, you know, as, as solid as Javen Johnson was at times for Iowa state, he was also kind of a, what's the best way to put this? He needed the ball in his hands to mm -hmm. be good. And he yeah. had to, and he really had to create for himself off the dribble and things like that, where I don't know that Anaruna is that kind of guy that he's like going to be trying to size you up off the dribble. You know, I think he's a little bit more of a catch and shoot, uh, type of player that, um, you know, I think he needs to get stronger. He needs to continue to, uh, you know, add some of those things to his game. But like, if you can unlock his ability 
to what he with what he can do on the perimeter at six foot nine. Like think about the kind of lineups that Iowa State could roll out there, where you've got, you know. Uh, Tyrese Hunter, who's like six one, generously, I think, uh, you know, six one, six two, and then Gabe Kalsher is in the six five range. Tristan Anarina six nine, you know, Aljaz Kuntz is six eight, you know, uh, or if you wanted to put Foster at the four, he's seven foot. George Condit's almost seven foot. Like Robert Jones is damn near seven foot. Like they are, Mm -hmm. they're going to be in a position where like you can have a lot of length and a lot of size where I think that this gives them an opportunity to be really stingy defensively, just because you've got so many different options and guys that are so athletic. If you can kind of, um, you know, get them into the the right positions to, to wreak some havoc. So like, that's where I think that this is going to fit the best is it just, he comes in and fills a a hole that they really didn't have before. You know, I, I do think that they, in a best case scenario, you know, I know that Cameron Fletcher is kind of the guy who's been the focus in a best case scenario. I'd like to see them get another knockdown shooter. I think that that's something that's still, you know, kind of hangs in the balance there a little bit because we just don't know, you know, we don't know if Kalsher can get his shooting stroke back to where he was as a freshman. You know, we know that Caleb Grill shot better this last year at UNLV, but like how much can you rely on him to be a big time shooter off of the bench? Like those are the things that I'm still wondering, you know, even after this deal. Yeah, no, and that, and that's that's definitely fair. Um, and you hope too that some of these guys, like, kind of like you mentioned, just continue to develop. I mean, that's the key. Kalsher and his shooting is the is the big question. But I I don't know if you listen to my podcast with TJ. I thought on Friday, um, you know, an important part of that is talking about how you kind of have to coach to your your roster. In your first couple of years and taking over a roster, you have less flexibility with the way you want to coach. And just the sheer length that you talked about there, um, based off of the mentality of a lot of these guys, I, I do think that this is a defense-first type of team that you're going to throw out there. I don't think this is going to be a you know scoring in the 80, mid-80s every night type of mm-hmm. roster, and that's okay. Um, as long as you're, you know, building for the future that here's another thing I, I do like, and clearly this will have to work itself out. And it always does as far as scholarships go. But as of now, next year's roster is full. And what, the reason I say that is, you know, a problem the last five years or so with Iowa state is replacing six, seven guys every year. And you're looking at 2022-23, and that will not be the case, you know, unless you have a mass influx of transfers and stuff. I mean, I think there's a good chance that a guy like George Condit or Javon Johnson, maybe they won't take that extra. I don't know. I, maybe they will. I, I hope they do because I think they can both be nice pieces down the road. But my, you know, my very the the point though, Jared is looking at it right now with Lipsy coming in. I mean, you've got a ton of flexibility. Uh, or as far as just you're going to have a group of guys who have played together. You hope that culture is good. You hope you can add Eli King uh, to that 2022-23 cut. There's a, they're in on a couple of really good guys, but this is setting up to not be a situation where next spring they're having to scramble to fill slots, which Iowa State hasn't been in that spot for a really long time. It has been a while since they haven't been – absolute scramble mode in the month of April. Well, and that was like the biggest issue for, for Steve and his staff was that not only did they have people leaving, 
but they would have still had like two scholarships left over from before. And they'd go into the year with only 11 scholarship guys, you know, or only 12 or whatever. And they, and then the, I think the biggest thing that that hurt them in is then if you had one guy get hurt, you couldn't even play five on five in practice, you know? And like now when you're going to be in a position where, you know, likely you're going to be able to fill all of those scholarships, then, you know, that will be, you'll have a little bit more room for air in that scenario. But I think like this team, I think with the pieces that they've got on paper could defend the way that we always wanted the 2018, 19 team to defend with the versatility of, of athletes where you can switch a lot of different positions, you know, guys can guard multiple spots, but you know, they just were never able to get locked in on that end. I don't think they're going to, they're not going to be near as, as versatile offensively as what that group no. was. I mean, that's one of the best Iowa state yeah. offensive teams that we've seen in since I've been covering the, the program, but my, my instant thought too, when I look at the scholarship chart right now is in, in a, it's designed this way. And I think it's why he's still going to be at Iowa state. There's going to be a lot on Tyrese Hunter's shoulders. Yeah. As a freshman. And again, I, that, that is by design. Otzelberger and his staff came in and made Tyrese priority number one for a reason. Let me ask you something. And I think Tyrese was really looking forward to that as well. Do you, do you trust any of those guys on the roster to be the backup point guard? Um, I I think that in an emergency situation, grill can do it. He did it last year at UNLV. I wouldn't want him in the big 12, but I, in an emergency situation, I, it, let me ask you this. I still like Jaden Walker a lot. He he doesn't shoot well enough um, at this point in his career. I think Jaden Walker can be a good Big 12 backup point guard, though. Uh, we'll see how he develops. But, yeah. I mean, he, he was on a bad team last year. I In the middle of that Big 12 season, even though they were losing, I mean, you and I were having conversations at night being like, okay, this kid might have something. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I would. Do I trust him? No, because I haven't seen it consistently. But I do think he can develop into that. And I've seen Grill do it at a mid-major level, at a decent level. Uh, Caleb is better off being at the two, but I think he can play the one if he absolutely has to. On a team like this, let's give Jaden Walker a chance. That would be my reaction to your question. What do you think? And I think that's fair. I just, I have concerns about his, I mean, his ability to handle the ball, I thought was a a pretty serious issue for them at times this past year, because he's, he's, his handle is still loose. I mean, that's something that you can really work on and hone in and, you know, and change, I think. And it's one of probably the easier things to, to work on, but he was so turnover prone, uh, a lot of the times where, I mean, he could have six assists, but he'd have five turnovers, you know, and, you know, hopefully if he doesn't have to play as many minutes, obviously that can get reined in a little bit, but I just, I have concerns about if Tyrese Hunter has to play 40 minutes a game at the point guard spot as a true freshman, like that to me does not sound like a recipe for success. If that makes sense like that. I mean, I think that the next year with Lipsy coming in where you can kind of you know, that gives both of those guys opportunities to play off the ball, which I think they both have the ability to do. And you can run kind of a two point guard system, like what they did with, 
uh, DeAndre yeah. Kane and, and Monte back in the day. But I mean, it, that's just my worry with him is it's like, if you've got this freshman that's got to run 40 minutes every night, like you're going to beat him up for one thing. And he's not a very big guy that it, 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 I get know, whatever it. size, how tall he is. I, I think to Jared, your expert, not yours, but just, I'm just saying in general fan expectations for next year, will have a lot to do about it too. I'm Bloom and I talked about this last night. I mean, I we were asked what's the best case scenario. I said ten to fifteen percent chance they'd be on the bubble. Okay, that's my expectations after the zero and nineteen team, completely changing everything. So I I think that's a realistic way to go into the season. What I'll be looking for next year is to go into the season, win some games for sure, but build the confidence and faith in the program that okay next year we can get back to the tournament i think if people look at it that way uh then the point guard situation is less daunting if you're looking at it and this is totally fine too if you're a fan and go oh well, hey in 2021 i mean with the transfers away like you should be able to turn things around quickly i want to get to the i want to get to the um tournament then that like if we're talking about a tournament team the point guard thing's scary yeah if you're talking about what i'm talking about like because i know lipsy's coming in and i agree with you on the two point guard thing all that then like next year's really a building year and let's get everybody excited and and let's really develop i think it kind of just depends on what time you are yeah and i think that that's but I you're an analyst. You're in basketball, so that's what I want you to do. I'm just saying, like, for a fan listening, I think how you view the program next year will dictate, you know, your expectations from that point guard spot. Well, I think that to think that they're, you know, have the expectation that they're going to go to the tournament next year would be you're setting yourself up for disappointment because of the fact that they just went 2-22. and 22. Like, realistically, that would be, a, I mean, a remarkable turnaround in one year, no you know. Doubt. Uh, but I do think, but isn't you can, it you can notable though? Like Big 12 has gotten significantly weaker next year too, which I think is notable. Well, I, I was just going to say that. I mean, I think that Texas is going to be really good. I think Kansas is going to be really good as they always are, but I think that there's an opening here for them to like move up. I don't think Oklahoma is going to be very good. Uh, I don't think Texas tech will probably be very good. TCU and Kansas state are always kind of wild cards. Kansas state has added some transfers and stuff like that. I think that they've probably got a chance to be better than they were this year. But I mean, I think you can objectively look at this roster and feel that it's better than the one that they just went through this last season with. And like to say, well, we want to go to the NIT. I don't think that's out of the question, you know, to be an NIT team. And, uh, like it wouldn't shock me, I guess, if they somehow, if we got into like early February and they were in that bubble conversation, you know, and it's like, how many games can you win down the stretch to put yourself into position to be a, you know, no doubt seed or an eight seed or something like that. So like, I don't know, like I could see it go both ways, but I, I do think this roster will mesh considerably better than what last year's did. And I think they have an opportunity to be, markedly better you know does that mean they go to the tournament i don't know but uh there are pieces here that i think give you an opportunity to be really good but those are just the like i'm just trying to think of the things that are like can still question marks in my mind you know going into next year and like playing devil's advocate on some level it is 
and they're they're in an interesting spot right now with this last scholarship. This is really the last thing I have. I kind of led with this, but I mean, Fletcher is an elite level talent that it's hard to get at Iowa State. Um, however, the fit isn't perfect for what they need right now. Uh, you would love to have. I mean, C.J. Frederick like would be a perfect type. I mean, I don't think he's going to come here. Don't go and tweet that off, everybody. But like, I'm saying like, there's you can be choosy here, or do you take the high level talent that? I I don't really think there's a wrong answer. I mean, I I personally think if you can get Fletcher, you add him because he's got so much upside. Yeah, um, but he's not the perfect fit as far as pieces you're looking for with this roster. If if they started trying to go and get CJ Frederick, I would need to add the you know like the demon emojis, the like little devils with this. Oh yeah, I would need to add one of those to the forums uh, for going demon mode to troll people. Like that would be the best best thing of all time. In addition to the new eggplant that's uh, available for, for super fanatics, <laughs> but, uh, all right, man. Yeah. We just wanted to get on here and get some quick thoughts on this deal. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll stay tuned to everything that you've got been putting on the premium board and everything, um, moving forward with Fletcher yeah. and whatever else comes through. It'll be an interesting, um, next two weeks, I would say. I mean, I, I would guess that Fletcher makes a decision in the next week or so week to 10 days. Um, but again, like I, I just wonder, and I, I don't know yet, but I wonder how today's decision impacts things. Like what I point being, they're in a really good spot right now because they could go, they could go to battle with this roster right now and be competitive. Mm-hmm. Now you get to be very choosy with this final scholarship and, um, you know, choose away. So this is a really good spot. I, I thought TJ would do well here. I mean, he clearly hasn't coached a game, so there's a lot to prove. I didn't think this roster could look the way it does on April 19th, though. So I think, do you agree with that? I absolutely agree. Yeah, this has been a, I mean, the last three weeks have been massive for them. Yeah, I mean, I thought that they would, I thought realistically it would be into early June before the roster was complete. Yeah. Yeah. And you're looking now at by the start of May with what appears to be a pretty nice looking roster as well. That's got at least going to, at the very least going to get you competitive next year. Uh, best case, you could really make a run at making things interesting. So this group is going to be able to hit the, hit the ground running too. I mean, like knowing that everybody's going to be locked in, you'll be able to get it, you know, get guys on campus in, in June and be ready to roll right away rather than like be in flux for a period of time, like what they have been at times last few years. All right. Appreciate you. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, These are fun. And uh, hopefully the, hopefully we'll do another one here before too long. We need to do a football recruiting pod at some point too, because it seems like it's crazy. Let's do that before. uh, Let's do that for the radio show on Thursday. Deal. All right. We'll talk to everybody again soon. Peace.